Welcome to the Mile High Fight Show, where we break down the latest in the fighting world. For today's show, let's jump into the fight night between Calvin Qatar and Josh Emmett. So, you know, we can jump right into it, uh, going from the main event down, obviously Calvin Qatar versus Josh Emmett. Uh, you know, Emmett and Qatar put up a back and forth violent match that lasted through all five rounds, with Josh Emmett eventually winning the match on a split decision. Uh, while Qatar led the fight in significant strikes and was able to mostly control the pace, Emmett's selective and powerful strikes were able to bloody Qatar's face and do plenty of uh, body damage and put him ahead uh, in the end. Uh, after the decision, Emmett took the time to challenge Dana to give him the next featherweight championship opportunity, uh, hoping to face the winner of the upcoming UFC 276 bout between Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this was a banger. You, obviously, of the main event, you expect it to be. Um, didn't get a knockout, although an interesting note, uh, the fight night here uh, took place in Austin, Texas, and it did end with eight knockouts throughout the night, uh, which ties the UFC record for most in one card. Um, but the main event uh, went all five rounds uh, and then went to decision where Josh Emmett took it. And, uh, what did you think? Okay. Um, I thought... Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a very good fight. If I'm being honest with you, I thought Calvin Cater won. Mm-hmm. And the only reason, yeah, the only reason I say that is because um, I thought Calvin Cater had more... I, I just felt like Calvin Cater was connecting more. Um, I obviously thought Josh Emmett landed the more powerful strikes. Um, but yeah, I mean... I'm also low-key a Calvin Cater fanboy just a little bit um, just because I think he's just such a good fighter. Um, I think Josh Emmett's a great fighter as well. Um, Josh Emmett especially has overcome some adversity in his career. He, uh, he like, broke his face super, super bad. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, like, he broke, like um, – I forget who was the one that knocked him out. I want to say maybe it was, like, Michael Johnson or um, some someone along those lines, but just – fucked poor dude up and broke his like broke half of his face and josh emmett uh was out of the ufc for a long time um while he was healing back up um but then he's come back and he's um sort of sparked like a resurgence in his career he's just been knocking people out and um in this case you know the judges gave him the you know split decision over kelvin cater um i don't think this is I, i i this is this was a very big fight uh just because of where they're at in the division so the you know obviously with the champion being Alexander Volkanovsky and the number one contender Max Holloway uh, fighting you know July second you know this jumps uh, Josh Emmett up from number seven in the rankings all the way up to number four because that's where Calvin Cater was um, and so yeah that puts him right in the title conversation um, or it puts him in an, it puts him in a number one contender fight in regards to you know, maybe he fights a Yair Rodriguez. Maybe he fights a Brian Ortega. Those guys fight next. Um, you know, so maybe because Josh Emmett's going to come in at four, I would I would imagine. And then you have Yair at three and Brian Ortega at two. So I would say that probably gives Josh Emmett a fight with either the winner of Ortega and Rodriguez or it gives him – a, a fight at the championship and the only reason i say that is because 
Volkanovski and Max Holloway. Well, Volkanovski has not fight has not fight has not fought. Jeez, Yair Rodriguez yet. So that would be a different challenger for the champion. But otherwise, um, Volk and Max have both beat Brian Ortega. Um, and then obviously Calvin Cater is going to drop down in the rankings. Um, and he's going to have to, you know, win a couple of fights to get right back up in those title contention um, conversations. But, I mean, Calvin Cater is a very good fighter. Uh, it was a very, very close fight. Um, and ultimately, the judges gave it to Josh Emmett. But congratulations, Josh Emmett, because he definitely has overcome some things in his career to uh, be where he's at right now. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's either going to be him or Yair, um, you know, unless – because, like, if Max gets the belt, Max fucked up Brian Ortega. He bodied Yair already. He bodied, like, he put Calvin Cater on a t-shirt. Um, I thought Calvin Cater was going to die after Max Holloway was done with him. Um, and so that brings you all the way down to number five with um, the Korean zombie, which, you know, I'm not saying that the Korean zombie and Max Holloway wouldn't be a good fight, but with what Volkanovski just did to the Korean zombie. Um, I don't think that fight would go any different for Max Holloway. I think Max Holloway would thoroughly beat that ass as well. Um, and I love the Korean zombie. So yeah, if, if Max wins, you have Josh Emmett cause they've never fought before. And if Volk wins, you also have Josh Emmett because they've never fought before. So um, it's just kind of what makes sense at this point in the title fight or in the title um, sweepstakes. Um, and Josh Emmett has a lot of power. Um, and he's a very good fighter. Like, you saw that on display last night. He's a very, very good fighter. He carries a lot of power with him. And if I'm being honest with you, him and Volk would be a banger. Yeah. Him and Volk would be a banger. Like, that would be a super fun fight. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic there in the division. We'll have to see how that ends up playing out, uh, who they end up matching up with each other. But... Uh, eventually, that would be a very fun matchup against Volkanovski for sure. Uh, so, moving on to our co-main event here, Kevin Holland versus Tim Means. Uh, Kevin Holland was clearly the better of the two fighters during this match, coming out of the gates with strong striking and pushing the pace before landing a strike that stunned Means. And as the wobbly fighter tried to go for a takedown, Holland easily countered, got on top, and then locked in a darts choke to end it in round two. Uh, yeah, I mean... It was a good fight, pretty quick, uh, as a lot of these were on this card. And, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Kevin Holland, you know, clearly showed uh, he was the better fighter in the short time that they were on the mat there, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and if I'm being honest with you, this is a little bit of a mismatch in terms of, um, I guess, trajectory in the UFC as far as careers go. Um, Tim Means has been a very good scrappy fighter for a really long time, and and I love Tim. Um, I appreciate his contribution to the sport. But uh, Kevin Holland is, you know, he t he lost his last two fights, I believe, um, and so he was looking to get back on a winning streak. He's a contender. He's like a guy that they're trying to develop and you know, like get to title contention type of. Um, type of status you know he knows how to talk on the mic he's very uh, charismatic um you know he he's a very good fighter very skilled fighter so kevin holland is a guy that they're trying to push towards the top um and n n 
nothing against Tim Means. It's just he, his UFC uh, fighting career hasn't necessarily been in the same wavelength of Kevin Holland's. Kevin, Kevin Holland has just found a little bit more success than he has. Um, Tim Means, on the other hand, is, you know, kind of towards the end of his career. Um, so this was a bit of a mismatch altogether. Um, and so I think that's why it was very apparent to me um, and obviously to you that um, Kevin Holland was like kind of like levels above him. Um, but I mean, what, there was like a really big fight with Tim Means where he um, uh, came back and like won after he was super wobbled and really fucked up. Um, so, I mean, Tim Means is always a guy and anything can happen in any fight, but especially with Tim Means, he's, he's a guy that always goes in there to fight and scrap. And sometimes that gives you some notoriety around the UFC and they'll give you a co-main event for some stuff like that, especially with a guy like Kevin Holland, who's willing to get in there and, uh, talk some shit and, you know, throw the hands a little bit. So, but yeah, I, it's not surprising to me that Kevin Holland was just so dominant over Tim Means. Um, but once again, you know, Tim Means is the man. Nothing wrong against him whatsoever. Just Kevin Hall was the better man that night. Yep, and a solid fight there. And then moving on to our next fight, a middleweight bout between Joaquin Buckley and Albert Durayev. Uh, Joaquin Buckley topples Albert Durayev with a confident showing, spraying Durayev with strikes and showing improved grappling skill, defending against some takedown attempts uh, until the match was stopped by the doctor due to Durayev's increasingly swelling left eye resulting in the technical knockout. Um, so, yeah, I mean, another solid fight here. Um, this one was a little bit more even, but I did like what I saw from uh, Joaquin Buck uh, Buckley. Um, and he has improved, like I said, with that grappling skill um, and defended against some takedown attempts uh, from Dariah there um, and was just able to outlast until uh, that eye got swollen. Yeah, that eye was crazy, dude. That eye is fucking wild. I keep looking at pictures of it all over the internet. Um, and it's so crazy. That eye is so bad. I can't even really name that many more fights where I've seen someone get a, um, like, in, something like that. Like, Joanna Yojengchek comes to mind for sure. Um, but like, yeah, well, and if I'm being honest with you, I kind of was rooting for Buckley because, um, Joaquin Buckley has kind of got famous for, um, he had this like real crazy fucking where the guy like caught his foot, but then he like did a switch kick and kicked him in the face and knocked him out. It was like one of the oh, most viral knockouts. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a very viral knockout. Um, it's still, it's still a very clean knockout. Um, if you have, if you guys haven't seen it, please go look it up. Shit is crazy. But, um, yeah, so I was rooting for Buckley because Buckley was the underdog in this fight. And I was like, well, let's put some respect on my boy's name. I don't think he should be the underdog. And, um, yeah, sure enough, he was the underdog. And he ended up doing um, relatively okay, I guess. The doctor ended up stopping it anyways because of the, the eye. So it really didn't matter. But, yeah, he got it done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. So, and then the next weight or next uh, fight here, a lightweight bout between Amir Ismagulov and Garam Kutate Ladze. Struggle with that one, but Ismagulov continues his win streak, going five and zero in the UFC thus far and nineteen and zero across the MMA. 
uh, unfortunately at the expense of uh, Kutate Ladze's nine-fight win streak, winning a close match by split decision after landing only one more significant strike than his opponent, but focused mostly on the head as Garam beat up his body. Um, so, yeah, I mean, another solid fight here. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, kind of crazy. Like, is Magulov one of those uh, up-and-coming stars? I, I guess I don't know if I would – would you call him an upcoming star at this point, or is he just kind of like one of those guys to keep an eye on? Um, well, Lightweight is really stacked. I would say he is a guy to keep an eye on. I think he's a guy that's going to start getting um, tougher competition. I think mm-hmm. he's a guy that's going to start like because nineteen and zero is really impressive. Um, I think uh, is is Magulov. Yeah, that, those are tough names for sure. Um, I think I've seen him fight because if I remember correctly, he has like a um, excuse me, he has a very like interesting origin country um he's from like a place i've never heard of and his flag is like very uh it's like blue and yellow and it's just very different but if it if it's that same guy and if it's not i'm sorry um he's if he if it is the same guy i've seen him fight a few different times and a very very skilled fighter very very technical and he's been very dominant in his ufc run so far so i would imagine especially at lightweight he's probably going to start um He's probably going to start seeing some of these guys in the uh, higher rankings um, because, yeah, lightweight is stacked as fuck. So, like, you have – I mean, he's probably going to crack the top 15 now. Um, And right there at 15, you got got Dan Hooker. You got Rafael Fazeev, who's going to fight Rafael Dos Anjos. I, I think next month, um, you know, so you have Tony Ferguson, you have, um, you know, Brad Riddell, you know, Benil Dariush. You have a lot of guys where his skill set um, is, you know, that he could threaten them in the top 15. So I, I would imagine that you're going to start seeing him fight tougher and tougher guys. And, uh, I would say his his next fight should probably be a top fifteen guy. Um, I think Dan Hooker honestly makes a lot of sense at this point because Dan Hooker's a big enough name to get him uh, some views, but he's and he's good enough competition. I'm not saying Dan Hooker's a bad fighter; he's just a big name. He's barely a big name, and no hate Dan Hooker, but uh, it is what it is. So, yeah, I think like a guy like Dan Hooker could be nice um, if Dan Hooker is not getting ready to fight already. Which I thought I saw something about him getting ready to fight, so that might, that one might be off the table. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good one for sure. I can't um, can't really hate on it. I think both the guys should uh, should be should be proud of that one. Yeah, absolutely. And then our next fight here, a middleweight bout between uh, Julian Marquez and Gregory Rodriguez. And this is another knockout on the list as Gregory Robocop Rodriguez takes down Julian Marquez in the first round with a vicious flurry of strikes to the head as Marquez looks simply outmatched. And I mean, yeah, again, another solid fight on this card, you know, really kind of, uh, I think you were looking forward to this fight night. 
And I mean, you know what the fuck you're talking about. So, you know, that kind of helps. But I think, it, at least in my mind, this card uh, had like kind of outdated its, its uh, expectations uh, and was really, really solid throughout the night. Um, so another solid fight there. And uh, yeah, I love the nickname RoboCop. I can't get over that for Gregory Rodriguez. It's so good. Oh, I was actually literally going to say, but how bad is this guy's fucking nickname, though? Like How bad? I love it. How, dude. No, dude. No way we're doing the RoboCop nickname. That's RoboCop. so bad. It's so no, <laughs> he said RoboCop. Um, yeah, this, uh, this fight was awesome. Julian Marquez, I know that he got knocked out. And I know that, you know, he did look kind of bad. But Julian Marquez always comes to fight. So I respect him for that. Julian Marquez always um, throw, puts on an entertaining fight, dude. So, you know, shout out to him. Takes two to tango. And, you know, RoboCop was victorious. And, yeah, I mean, it was – he was hitting him with some shit, though. Like, I can't believe how hard he was hitting Julian Marquez. Every single time he connected, I was like, damn. Yeah. So, like – I would say at middleweight, um, because I think, if I'm being honest with you, that might have been the first time I've ever seen Gregory Rodriguez fight. Um, I would say that, yeah, he's a guy that instantly got a fan in me last night. Um, Because, yeah, that was was a really, really good fight. I fuck with that fight. Um, Yeah, shout out to both those guys. Yeah, and I mean, dude, that's the thing, is sometimes these fight cards, um, even though, like, just because someone has a big name doesn't always mean it's going to be a big fight. A lot of the times that's how it is because, you know, these guys get their reputation and their big names off of the way they fight. Like, you know, in a Justin Gaethje fight, what you're going to get, you know, in a Dustin Poirier fight, what you're going to get. And sometimes with these smaller cards, um, especially like Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett should be guys people know, but you know, to the casual MMA fan, you might not. Um, so when they're headlining the card and it isn't like a Holly home type of situation, um, it could get kind of hard to get some love, but, um, you know, once you get into the sport of MMA, you kind of start seeing guys like, like, uh, you know, fucking RoboCop Rodriguez where you're like, okay, all right, dude, like I see you. And then you watch him fight again and again and, and again, and you, you started to see this yourself. You start to become uh, like a fan of that guy. And then you'll see him fight, and then you'll see him on a card against someone else that you've also done that with, like Julian Marquez. And you'll you'll know instantly, like, oh, yeah, those guys both like to come forward. They like to fight. Um, that's going to be a good fight. And then you, you get that a few more times on the card. Like, you know, and that's why I felt like the Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett fight was going to be so good uh, because both those guys both like to come and fight. And, you know, even though Calvin Cater got that ass beat by Max Holloway, never back down once. So I knew Cater was going to come with a very forward boxing style and Josh Emmett the same way. And so I just, you just see that over and over again and you just kind of know like, okay, this is going to be a good night of a good night of fights. Um, and sometimes you're completely wrong, but you know, sometimes you're right. And you know, UFC Austin tied the uh, most knockouts in a single event. I think that's very, very good. And um, one of my, my most favorite fight nights ever was like a random ufc mexico card from way back when it was like a few years ago like every single fight even if it went to a decision was very very good um there was tons of knockouts and i think that um that fight card 
has uh, one of like a top five, um, like all time where Dana gave out uh, perform performance bonuses. Um, I think he gave out like six or seven that night just because there were so many good fights on that fight card. Yeah. And the end was relatively shitty because that was when uh, Yair Rodriguez poked Jeremy Stevens in the eye. And uh, it was like literally within the first 15 seconds of the fight. And that was the main event. And they canceled. They called the fight off. The ref called the fight off in like the first 15 seconds. So man. even even with all that, it was still one of the better fight cards I've ever seen. And yeah, this one was a banger, dude. UFC Austin was really, really good. It sold out too. It was like um, it was like a really big, big event for the UFC. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, it was probably worth its price because yeah, this was a heck of a card. Uh, you know, from main card to pre, uh, prelims, and uh, you know, to finish off the main card here, uh, there was a bant a bantamweight bout between Adrian Yanez versus Tony Kelly and Adrian Yanez already an exciting up and coming fighter four and oh after receiving a UFC contract on Dana's contender series made it five and oh after a breathtaking first round knockout on Tony Kelly and had some extra motivation and fans behind him uh, after Kelly made some recent racist comments directed at a Brazilian fighter and yeah I mean some crazy stuff going around off the mat for this fight as far as Tony Kelly and Adrian Yanez was interviewed about it and he was like, you know, uh, it's interesting. It's like cool that I have extra people behind me, but it wasn't like a driving force for him or anything. Um, but like, it kind of looked like it. Cause when it, I, I don't, did you, you saw this knockout, right? When he went down, like he just kept going and it looked a little personal, but I was like, all right, bro, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. Hey dude. Like, um so that's funny i showed my brother the jorge masvidal knockout of ben Askren, where yeah. it's like it's literally the ufc's fastest knockout where he runs across and hits him with that flying knee yeah um i showed him that and after that jorge masvidal like hits him twice while he's clearly very fucking unconscious right. um he hits him dude that's what i'm saying bro is like that shit was personal dog it's okay if it was because we can tell it was personal. And yeah, I agree with you a thousand percent. Um, but that's what makes the UFC fun sometimes is, you know, in like it has that very WWE aspect of drama, but then they bring it together by actually fighting and actually fucking, you know, throwing down. So, um, yeah, this was another one of those situations where, um, yeah, I mean, that shit was personal. That, But it was a great knockout nonetheless, so. Um, yeah, I was cool with it. Plus, that, that, that's nice. That's, like, what makes um, the good rivalries good rivalries, you know? Like, when things are a little personal. I'm not saying that these guys are big old rivals now, but, you know, it still makes it a little nice when you're like, oh, no, that guy just doesn't like that, dude. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, even without that, uh, a great fight. Adrian Yanez, one to watch for sure. Uh, really like him. And uh, so, yeah, that's going to do it for the main card. But we talked about all those knockouts, so I did want to, uh, you know, run through some of those prelims and those uh, the rest of the knockouts on that card. So Jeremiah Wells landed a booming left hook to finish Courtney Key in the first round in their fight. Uh, just nasty. Like, dude, was it was one of those ones where it was such a solid and strong punch right to the jaw, 
and bro just bounced off of it and was like, he was out immediately and just fell straight on his back onto the ground. He was like, yep, it's done. It's over. Yeah. And yeah, that, that I'll probably, this was probably my favorite knockout of the night. Um, just because when you see things like that, dude, like, what do you really say? You know what I mean? Like you just remember, like you remember it, you show everybody, you know, the, the, um, you show everybody the highlight. It's just one of those things that, uh, it's just, it's just very, very beautiful, man. I love that shit. Absolutely. Yeah. And this, this card had, uh, riches of that, you know, you talk about the next one here, Ricardo Ramos, or I'm sorry, Ricardo Ramos wrecked, uh, wrecked, Oh my gosh, I can't speak. Ricardo Ramos wrecked Danny Chavez with a spinning back elbow to finish it early, only a couple minutes into the first round. Um, and this is another beautiful one that you talk about, uh, you know, showing everybody the knockouts. We just talked about a spinning back, uh, actually a spinning back fist with Wei Li Zhang in the last card. And then now we get a finish with a spinning back elbow, uh, you know, right up against the fence. Uh, and that was a very nice one as well. Yeah, this was amazing. The other thing that was really nice about this too was this is Ricardo Ramos's second, I believe, spinning back elbow knockout. So oh, he's uh, he Yeah, so he's uh he's definitely starting to like fall in love with his technique and obviously it works and like the spinning back fist is very devastating, like especially Whaley Zhang's. Cause you can like see the effort in her face, just trying to like just hit Joanna as hard as she could, um, and just put all the force behind it that she could. But a back elbow seems so much more violent yeah. than getting hit by a fist for whatever reason. To me, like getting hit by just straight up bone like that, like, and I would imagine you could probably get some pretty decent momentum on your elbow too. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, Mr. Ramos is finding um, finding a nice little connection with this technique because this is the second one he's been able to uh, pull off in his career. So, yeah, uh, respects to the man because yeah, that was it was a very clean, clean, uh, clean elbow. One hundred percent. Yeah, and elbows are especially when it's a knockout. Elbows are one of those ones where. You're like, ooh, is that dude okay after you watch that? You know what I mean? Like, because right. it's such an aggressive, like you said, just straight bone. And it is closer to your shoulder, you know what I mean? As opposed to your fist, you have your full arm. So you can get more momentum on your elbow and just smack the shit out of somebody. So uh, especially with that spin, like, it's just so nasty. But, yeah, it's crazy to watch. Uh, and then the next knockout here, Cody Stamen with a just-as-quick technical knockout of Eddie Wineland, uh, unleashing a combo to the head and body with Wineland against the fence before stoppage by the ref. And, like, the, like, you know what it looked like is when you're playing a fighting video game and you just get locked into, like, they're doing, like, their special move, you know? And there's just that one character that hit their special move is they just, like, you can't do anything and you're just sitting there. And then the character is just beating the living shit out of you, like punching you all across your entire body like a hundred times in like five seconds. That's what this this TKO looked like. He just had bro against the fence. He was like all exhausted. And there was just like body shot, headshot, body shot, headshot. Like just and the ref was just like, okay, it, that's enough. 
Right. Well, okay. So first of all, um, I believe Eddie Wineland um, actually retired after this fight. Um, so congrats on Same. a career, Mr. Wyland. Um, also, I also feel bad for that. Like after, you know, congratulating him on a career, I then am going to put him down, unfortunately. Um, but not, not in a purposely, like it just is what it is. Um, Eddie got knocked out real bad by Sugar Sean O'Malley. That was like the last, oh, yeah. like true walk off knockout that Sugar Sean had. Um, just straight hits him with that fucking cross and puts him to sleep. Um, but like, yeah, now Cody Stamen goes and you know TKOs him right away. Um, I mean, it, it it's it's definitely a good win by Cody Stamen as he look as he's looking to try to um, you know get back into a contender uh, type status. But yeah, I mean, you know. Eddie Wyland was kind of on on that route of retiring anyways. Um, and so it's unfortunate he wasn't able to do it in the ring or with a win at the end, but finished his career off in the UFC and was in the UFC for a real long time. So, you know, got to take, uh, got to take the dubs when you can. Um, and luckily he didn't really get hurt in this fight either. So it was kind of a in and out type of situation. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. And just like you said, uh, congratulations to Eddie Weinman on his retirement as well. Uh, made fun a little bit, but, you know, obviously congrats on a good career. And, yeah, a good fight there. Cody Stamen moves on up. And the next knockout here, Phil Haas wins with a standing TKO as he landed one hard strike after another on a clearly exhausted and wobbly Duran win in the second round. Um, and, yeah, I mean – kind of similar to the Eddie Wineland fight. They went up against the, the fence. They were just standing, and um, he was just nailing him, dude. Like, he wasn't even with speed. It was just like, you know, like he had a targeting system, and he locked in every time. He was just like, boom, boom, like right to the jaw, just boom, boom, like over and over until the uh, ref was just like, okay. He was not even trying to defend himself. At that point, but yeah, I mean, good showing by Duranwin before that. But some of these knockouts, man, they just look like freaking Terminators out there. They're just like target acquired. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Well, and especially when, um, especially when they're so accurate, like, like it, it really is crazy. Um, nah, dude, another one that I thought was fucking awesome as fuck. So. Yeah, I really can't complain. The only thing that I'll say what I thought was uh, hilarious was, um, did you see the aftermath of this fight where Phil Haas started yelling at DC? Oh, yeah. I don't even know what it was about, though. Well, I'm pretty sure. So, Duran Wynn is uh, a teammate of DC's. So, I would imagine that DC probably picked Duran Wynn to win, which I think is the actual complaint of the beef. Mm. And... That fool was like, you picked the wrong one, dog. Like, you picked the wrong one. And he was just mad about, I don't know, I guess DC back in his homie, which is kind of dumb. But also, like, you can't run up on a Hall of Famer like that. Like, that's DC, son. Can't get mad at DC for back in his boy. But uh, Phil Haas got the last laugh anyways. So congratulations to Phil Haas. You know, he was able to rub it in DC's face a little bit, which is uh, hilarious. But, yeah, we can't, we can't support 
anyone running up on the Hall of Famer Daniel Cormier. He's such a good dude. We can't uh, can't condone such violence like that. But uh, yeah, congratulations to Phil Haas because I mean Duran wins a good fighter, dude. So I've seen Duran win fight a couple times because you know he is DC's teammate and he usually fought on the same card as DC. So I've seen DC fight um, more than a handful of times, and yeah, I've seen Duran win fight a few times as well. And he's a good fighter, so Phil Haas definitely came in with a game plan and was able to execute um, very well. So congrats. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's crazy with him running up on uh, DC like that. But yeah, I mean, you know, I guess if you uh, win a fight like that, you have the right to uh, brag about it a little bit as long as you're not going overboard. So, um, but to finish us off with the preliminary opener of the night, an absolutely brutal knee to the head of Kyle Dacus by Roman Delize. And you could hear it from a mile away. I, I beg you guys, if you didn't see this, go look up the clip. Like, you can you can hear just so clearly the contact of the knee to the head and just put him to sleep right there. Like, I, that's another one we were talking about, just brutal, like, oh, my God, like, type of uh, hits. You know, talk about, like, a spinning back elbow, um, anything with that elbow, just such a hard contact. Same thing applies with the knee, if not even more, to be honest with you, because your legs are usually stronger. Like, just nasty, right to the face. And right to, like, forehead, too. It was so clean. Yeah, it was so clean and so loud. Like, yeah. the, the minute I saw it, I was like, dude, no fucking way. Like, because it really is crazy when you see the force that these guys are able to get on some of these strikes. You're just... You really are blown away by it, and yeah, uh, fucking uh, Roman. How did you say his last name? Dolize. Day. I don't even know if that's correct, but Dolize. Nice. Yeah. Well, either way, um, shout out to that fucking dude because that dude was a man last night. He he was feeling his he was feeling that shit, and yeah, he landed a perfectly timed knee, and um, yeah, put old boy out. So yeah, congratulations to that dude because. If he didn't win knockout of the night, I don't know who the fuck did. Like, I, I know there was a lot of knockouts, but that one was crazy as well. So, right. but that's what I mean. Like, this card was so good that every single fighter, I'm just literally like, yeah, that fight was crazy, though. The whole fucking card was crazy. The whole card was so good. So, yeah. And for that to be like, the, the first one, too. Right. Exactly. Like, that was, you said that was the first fight of the prelim, right? So, yeah, yeah that shit is uh, 10 out of 10. 10 out of fucking 10. I believe that's what the kids call fire. That, right. So, um, yeah, I think uh, unless there's anything else that you wanted to touch on, Enrique, I think that's going to do it for us. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I'm just, I'm excited to talk about what do we got next? I know we got some finance coming up. We'll see if we do a show for them, depending on how they're going to look. Um, but then we just got what Volkanovski and Holloway, right? That's going to be the next for sure fight, uh, mile high fight show. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm excited about that one, especially with seeing how uh, Emmett and Cater ended up. So now we have like, you know, even some challenges after the Holloway and uh, Volkanovski fight that we can look forward to. But otherwise, besides that, dude, no, nah, I'm I'm good. 
You got anything else? I think I'm good, man. Like you said, I'm I'm looking forward to 276. I mean, Israel Adesanya and Kananir. You know, you got Sean Strickland and Alex Pereira, Pedro Munoz and Sean O'Malley, Lauren Murphy and Misha Tate. Misha Tate is going to be so so nice to see back in the ring. She's one of my favorite female fighters of all time. But, I mean, Sean O'Malley fighting. Uh, Pedro Munoz is like a contender. So, for all those guys that are saying that Sean never fights contenders besides Chito and broke his foot, um, shout out to Chito one time, first of all. He's going to be fighting uh, Dominic Cruz pretty soon. But otherwise, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's such a banger of a card top to bottom. I just cannot even wait for it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So that's going to do it for us today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been the Mile High Fight Show, and we'll see you guys next week.